Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Thursday, November 23rd, 2023, and this is episode 574 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Raising Turkeys on the Homestead, and I'll be talking turkey and our experiences raising them, not necessarily cooking or eating them, although that's what everyone will likely be doing today. First, let's grab that cup of coffee, talk about what's going on in the live chat and uh, bullshit for just a little bit, and then we'll get into the topic for the day. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, good morning. Rewild their life. Rachel, I'm heart- sorry to hear about your loss yesterday. I hope everything goes well today and uh, things are good. So I saw that first thing this morning and I've been thinking about you since. So I hope you have a good day with family and friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving morning, Jim. Thanks for stopping in early. No idea, no idea what the crowd size on the show is going to be this morning, but uh, hey, I'm up. The dogs are going to be up. We're going to be up. I might as well keep on schedule and start to keep putting shows out. Keep putting shows out. Um, Jeez. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, the, the podcast intro started rolling this morning and, uh, our, our, our kids started bouncing around in the back room. And I think one of them might've got a little rambunctious into the door. So, um, hold on one second, guys. I'm just putting something in the, uh, in the comments here. If I could get my, uh, brave browser to stop giving me ads over the top of the text box, but hold on one second. Um, uh, sorry guys, it's a, it's been a rough morning. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Here we go. I uh, wanted to share the strike link. Uh, there is a promotion going on with strike over the next week or so. I believe it was week or so. Um, I didn't necessarily see the date ending date in the ad that I, or the email that I got the 29th, good through the 29th. And, uh, K bonk was, was kind enough to, uh, let me know in the chat when I posted the link that it's only through the 29th, but strike app is, uh, has their $10 bonus when you sign up using the affiliate link, uh, that I dropped in the live chat or, uh, across the, across the internet's, uh, Facebook, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube and Twitter. Uh, if you sign up using that link before the 29th, new accounts will receive $10 and uh, so will I. So if you're not using Strike to to um, to purchase Bitcoin, uh, to receive or send Bitcoin, give it a try. Give it a try. Check it out. You'll get $10 when you make a deposit. So make a $10 deposit, get $10 of free and uh, I get $10 and it's fantastic. So if you've been looking for an app to to start getting into Bitcoin, I suggest Strike. It's easy. It's one of many that you can use. It's uh, basically like saying, which screwdriver should I use? And you go to Lowe's and you look at the, the shelf and there's 40 of them. 
they all do the same thing. Uh, it's just personal preference. So I like to try a lot. I like to try a multiple different ways. And uh, in case one's not working, I can always just shift over to the other like cash app or um, several other that you can buy Bitcoin with. But strike is one of them. And they happen to have a uh, promotion going on right now. So I thought I would share that link. Check it out if you'd like. If you uh, already use Strike, uh, let me know what you think of it. If you use it a lot. I used it for quite a bit. And then some things went wrong. Uh, they had some hiccups. And I just went away from it. And I just haven't gone back. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't like it. I think functionality is great. I think the app works fine. Uh, I just had some issues one day and found another way to do it. Now I'm coming back to it and messed around with it. I actually went there and I had some funds. And so I I, um, I messed around with it to make sure it still had the same functionality in the app as uh, last time I used it. So there you go. There you go. Strike. Sign up. $10 free if you're signing up for a new account. Uh, what is in the cup today? Got a special Thanksgiving morning blend that I will be making my second pot of coffee out of. I... Uh, I got up this morning and completely forgot it was Thanksgiving, made my uh, made my normal silver bullet that was that I've been using for the last week or so, and then realized that I had set off to the side and earmarked, even in my notes for my prep today, that um, Brian with uh, C4 Club and Food Forest Farms set sent out a special Thanksgiving morning blend, and... Um, yeah, sitting right there. I, could, I I saw it when I opened the cupboard and didn't even think about it. I'm going to have to make that with my second cup this morning. But he also sent a decaf dinner blend or decaf after dinner blend. So, um... <laughs> oh, no, taster's choice. Whew. That's a rough one. Right, Rachel, I um, I appreciate you even more with your your cup of taster's choice this morning and um is that the flavor crystals is taster's choice were they only instant or did they have brewable coffee also for some reason i want to say that taster's choice was only the the instant flavor crystals oh man i don't know i don't know anything that you can um i mean coffee shouldn't be like hot cocoa where it's just powder or crystals and you add water to it and it makes like uh um <laughs> it makes it like uh hot cocoa or kool-aid uh, i don't know morning hunter didn't get push, push notifications uh-oh twitch is twitch is uh twitch is shadow banning me from my twitch my twitch viewer <laughs> they're they're hiding me from you hunter <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Rachel says it's awful. I may just need to drink tea this morning. Yeah, I don't even know. I wish I knew. Um... Oh, my God, Jim. Classico Nescafe. Oh, guys. Guys. What? I don't even have any suggestions for you, Rachel, on how to make it better. I just don't. I don't know if you add more crystals. Maybe if you add less. Maybe if you pour it down the drain and, and make yourself tea. Yeah, that, that would probably be the best way to fix the Nest Cafe. <laughs> or no, no, the taster's choice. The Nest Cafe, Jim, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what to tell you on that one. 
Uh, I had a TikTok the other day that that was showing the selection at Dollar General for coffee. And um, Rewilder, my mom might be getting a French fest for Christmas just to keep in the cupboard. Rachel's always going to have beans in the... (laughs) Rachel's always going to have beans in a grinder in the car with her. (laughs) Mom... Bob, where's that French press? I don't know. You're the only one that uses it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You never know. You never know. Man, I love my I love my mother-in-law. Um, there's something about when she makes coffee at the cabin that we couldn't figure it out. We never figured it out, did we? With it, we, it was either too much coffee or... Um, too much coffee for the water and not enough coffee for the water. We could never figure it out, but it wasn't the coffee and it wasn't the water because we would make it after and it tasted different. We could never figure out what, the, what happened in the meantime, but it just, it, it tasted different. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Jim says it's only caffeine delivery. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could shoot heroin too, if I just wanted to deliver the heroin. Uh, what is on the list this morning to talk about here before we talk about turkeys? Uh, did everyone hear about the the, the terrorist attack yesterday? <laughs> Somebody posted it in my group, or I would have never even known about it. And then uh, the tool man being up there in Canada, he posted it because it's it's the Canadian U.S. border. As soon as I saw the pictures, I was like, man, that looks like. Um, that looks like a fire and possibly a, a tank explosion in a car. That doesn't look like explosives to me, unless those buildings are made out of some super concrete. Because there was no damage. It was basically it looked like. And the news ran with terrorism. The news ran with terrorism. The, the, <laughs> the news ran with terrorism. And then they rolled it back and said, well, it might have been just a car that was driving out of control and crashed and burned up with two people in it, likely a possibly stroke or heart attack. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Terrorism at the rainbow bridge. Like the first thing that popped into my head was that's not even the best bridge to target in the Niagara region, let alone all the other targets that you could have, um, you could have hit, uh, um, North or South of the border. That would be much better than the rainbow bridge crossing. Um, <laughs> Rachel says proof proof you don't need to watch the news to hear about it you got it on telegram correct correct and um, the news just is going to do you a disservice Corey, Corey and I were joking this morning and she, she, she laid one on me that made me kind of giggle um, I was like well the news was reporting it was terrorism she says yeah the news also reported 9-11 was terrorism oh too soon too soon how many years have this been now 20 23 and 23 24 we could we could roll that one in there in the show this morning and be all right right um hunter says but i heard they elevated their local tarot threat like the day before i'm sure they did in retrospect i'm sure i'm sure somebody saw them and uh and made that happen and um Jim, don't per- don't forget after you snort the heroin to wipe the table with your finger and rub it on your gums just to get every bit of what you pay for. <laughs> Jesus. So the the big terror attack is likely not a terror attack, likely just somebody crashed and burned. Literally crashed and burned, but um 
yeah, that uh, I don't think we're under siege. I don't think we're having a holiday, a Thanksgiving uh, terror terror event or anything like that. I think we're going to be all right. So um, stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Stay sky aware. Be aware of the terrorists. Oh wow, Jim, is that uh, live in your backyard? Do you have those? Do you have those deer? Jim just posted in the Telegram group. That's a decent buck, dude. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I just, I just happen to have my and a duck, buck and a duck. I uh, just happened to have my phone open and a, a picture of deer popped up, and I didn't know. That's right now. That's a decent buck, man. Like, uh, you got a, a bow or anything like that? He's a decent size. He'd eat well. She'd eat well too. So, I mean, that's a that's a double whammy right there. So, you're is the duck just hanging out with them at the at the at the bird feeder? <laughs> um. So, yes. Thanksgiving plans for me today. I'm gonna wrap up the show. I'm going to get uh, get the audio uploaded. We're gonna walk the dogs, and then I got to go get firewood because it is a little chilly here. It was thirty. When we woke up this morning, 30 degrees, it was uh, 50 something, a little um, whistling ducks, like uh, wood ducks. They, when they fly, they uh, they make a whistling noise when they fly. I'm, it looks like a wood duck, doesn't it? No, that's an interesting looking duck. Um, anyway, I got to wrap up the show, then I got to go get some firewood. It was 30 outside this morning when we woke up. Corey kept the fire going all night in the in the wood stove, and it wasn't bad in here. It was like 52, 53-ish, uh, and then we fired it back up because we neck it down overnight to save on wood. Um, fired it back up. We're up over 60 in the camper. I think the skirting, I have no proof. I have no data, unfortunately, about the skirting and if the skirting's working or not. But um, I feel like it, 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 it's doing something. It feels like the temperature isn't swinging as fast in here, maybe. Do you have any observations? Would you say it's, it's yeah, just it's not swinging? It's maintaining temperature better. So I think with the information that I got that it's not necessarily about the R value. It's about the wind blowing under the camper and sucking the heat out or pushing the cold air in. Um, I think... I think it's doing its job. I think if we cut down on that drafting, it would just maintain better. It's not necessarily going to keep it warmer uh, in the long term, but in the short term to maintain drafts kill. Yeah, so I don't know. I think that's uh, I think it's working. I think it was well worth the hundred and eighty five dollars and the two days spent with my wife working with her and uh, and putting the project together because it was fun, too. Um, but I think it's working. I think it's uh, it's better than it was. And we should be all right through the winter. So got to head out and get firewood, though, because we are pretty much out of that since we used all the, the, the wood I cut up to split. Thank God I didn't split it because we used it to hold the the, the skirting down. But now we ran short. So out to cut some wood, come back, split a little bit. Uh, so we have some for the next couple of days. And then uh, off to friends for Thanksgiving dinner. We got invited over for a meal with our new friends here in, uh, in the local area. So that will be fun. And then back at it tomorrow morning. 
with Black Friday 250,000 Satoshi giveaway and uh, and also a gift giving guide, a uh, Watts Project Black Friday gift giving guide. Going to go through a couple different categories of, of types of people that you might have to buy gifts for, what I would get them, um, what I would like to receive if it was um, if it was me in that category. And then we might have some fun kicking on to Amazon and seeing what they put on sale and uh, yeah, talk about that for a little while. And yeah, then we'll give away, give away 250,000 Satoshis if we can round up 25 people to swing in on Black Friday and watch the show for an hour. We'll see. We'll see. Spread the word. Hey, Hunter, can I get a price check on uh, on 250,000 Satoshis? Got to be uh, got to be up in the 90s, I would think. Right there on cue. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Hunter. $93 this morning. Not a bad giveaway, guys. If we can get a decent pop today, <laughs> I don't think it'd be out of the question if we get a decent Thanksgiving run up. So if you guys get out there and uh, orange pill some people on Thanksgiving, get them to start buying some Bitcoin real fast, we could pop up to uh, could pop up to 100. I don't know, a significant donation. If I could talk somebody into a significant donation of Satoshis, we only need, what, like $7 in Satoshis. It's got to be, um, I don't know, what, 20,000 Satoshis? 20,000? Less than that. We could be over a $100 giveaway uh, here on the Lots Project just on a random Friday. Imagine that. How about that? Uh, good morning, Digger. How are we doing? Thanks for swinging in. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, and I hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving day. Uh, thanks for checking out the show before. Uh, let's let's kind of move on to the topic of the day. I just wanted to talk about turkeys. It just made sense on Thanksgiving to talk about turkeys, which is what the majority of people eat. It's kind of synonymous with um, with Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hunter said her his wife's going shop Black Friday shopping with her mom. Wonder if she can get her mom on. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> and Hunter says he's running out of people. That's all right. That's all right. I had to have some conversations with some people about the giveaway and the the purpose the purpose of increasing the number of people isn't to get people to sign up for uh, phantom accounts. It's to actually get new listeners to the show uh, and the live stream in the morning, trying to build the live viewers, not to not get people a lot of uh, YouTube accounts. But I do appreciate the way Hunter goes about it and actually gets physical people to log on and watch, not just bounce from account to account to account. I mean, you got you got to do what you got to do. It is ninety dollars worth of Bitcoin, and uh, man, that's 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 more than a little. So, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I appreciate all the help uh, in any direction, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about turkeys. Uh, one thing that I wanted to let you know before we move on to turkeys is um, when you're raising poultry when you have to keep them warm when they're little itty bitty um when they're little itty bitty chicks or poults and you got to keep them warm one thing uh, people use are the infrared heat lamps or the infrared uh red bulb lamps that are a huge fire save or 
fire hazard. Uh, they have the silver, the silver um, shroud, I guess, and the hot light. And they uh, they tend to fall into the brooder and catch chips on fire. They've been known to burn barns down. We use them. I'm not saying we didn't. Uh, we use them very, very often for a long time. Uh, and then we found what we replaced it with is the sweeter heater. Uh, basically, it's um, it's a it's a uh, infrared heater, ceramic heater. Doesn't get hot. It's a radiant heater. Excuse me. That's what the word I was looking for. That suspends from chains. You can raise and lower it. They love going under it, and it keeps them warm under there with no chance of fire. And um, yeah, you can get it all different sizes. I've found them on Amazon. We uh, bought them direct from the company when we first bought them because they weren't available on Amazon. But uh, they are for a, a little bit of price and the free shipping on Amazon right now. So I put a link to the standard size. Uh, if you click on that, you will be able to find links to other sizes of the sweeter heater. But what a safe option. The birds loved it. The birds uh, kind of self-regulated under it. The one that we bought had room for plenty of birds to move in and out of. We used it successfully uh, even in Minnesota cold in the spring. So um, yeah, it works. It works for sure. So I would check out the sweeter heater link in the video description and the audio description. Uh, if you want to go check them out on Amazon from our affiliate link, I appreciate it. Yeah. So we use the sweeter heater for turkeys. We raised turkeys two years, I believe two years. Uh, we wanted to do three years. If you stick around towards the end, I'll tell you what happened uh, the third year uh, that we really wanted to, to, um, to do turkeys. We wanted to raise them again. We had them sold, uh, the majority of them sold or accounted for. And then there was a big surprise. Um, but I just wanted to kind of run through the whole process, run through our observations, things that we found out, um, things that we were aware of that uh, we were glad we were aware of. And uh, just talk turkey today because we like the things we really like them. I think if we are in a spot again to have our own animals, uh, farm animals, we've always thought that we were going to do smaller amounts and do mixed flocks. Uh, one of the things that would be included in a mixed flock for us for sure would be turkeys. Um, I don't know if we would do big production runs of turkeys anymore, maybe raise one for us or a couple for us uh, for the year. We've always talked about letting it naturally happen um, in the future with birds. I basically have a, a tom and a couple hens and what they produce is what we have, not necessarily buying them from the store. But we bought them from a hatchery when we raised them on the farm. And so that's where we'll start. We ordered them. We ordered them and both years we got them right around the beginning of July that was the timing to call them right before Thanksgiving. End of October, early November, the timing ran out there. The timing laid out to where we would we would pick them up right at the beginning of July. July 4th was kind of our turkey time. So uh, we would get those poults in and brood them just like chickens. In, uh, in tractor supply, water troughs is, is, was our preferred method of brooding chicks and uh and poults and guineas and quail pretty much all our birds ended up brooding in the big tractor supply um where they 
two foot by four foot tubs, water troughs. Uh, they work great. We had a bunch of them that we used. But the poults are super dumb. Super, super, super dumb. Turkeys are probably one of the dumber birds that we raised, especially when they're young. I would say they could try to kill themselves in more ways than any other bird. Um, so there's a couple things you can do to mitigate them killing themselves. One is you need to, and we did this with most of our birds, but um, not have just solid water. Um, tip one is in your waters, the waters we used in our brooders for chickens and all of them, and, and it really helped save them uh, all of the types of birds, <coughs> but turkeys in particular, um, was kind of the gravity feed water where you filled the, you filled the jug and flipped it over and it came down into the trough. And as they drank it, it would allow it by gravity to feed in, um, and then stop when it was full. Well, what the birds would do is they like take baths in it or fall in it or walk through it. And when they weren't feathered out and they got wet, they would, they would, get cold and die. They wouldn't get into the heat lamp quick enough. It would just uh, chill them. There'd be a draft. And just like Hunter said earlier, drafts kill, especially little birds. The turkeys would basically lay down in the water. So to keep that from happening, to keep them from getting too wet, we would put um, little marbles or little, um, you don't, I thought we did it with the chicken and the turkeys too. No, oh, I guess we did it just with the quail. Sorry, I. Uh... <laughs> I don't know why we did it? But... Oh, <laughs> we only did it with the quail. It appears, um, Corey. Let me know. I thought when we did the larger, the larger waters in with the turkeys because they were bigger, we had to put the the things in so the chickens we kept in them would then dump jump in there. <laughs> that's me right that's why i keep her here anyway um they are dumb as shit they are really dumb uh and as i mentioned just there we kept some chickens in with them and there was a specific reason for that we kept the chickens in with them to basically teach them how to act like birds they um the chickens would lead them to food they would lead them Tim says we need to get our story. I just, I mean, we raised so many different animals. We literally had three or four of those tubs in our living room uh, with different types of birds at all different times. Um, hatched quail for over a year straight. So there was probably quail in there at some point when there were turkeys around too. So, oh, I don't know. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I reserve the right to be wrong. I do. I do. I don't think it's a bad idea to put put things in that water anyway i don't think it, i don't think it would hurt anything <laughs> yelling at me about about the fact that we didn't do it but okay um raise them with chickens get a couple chickens uh we had heard that we tried it it worked great they taught them how to eat from the feeder how to drink from the water how to act like birds and uh and basically survive um so that if you have that capability, if you're getting chickens around that time, it's not really ideal time to get chickens. Uh, if you're hatching chickens and you hatch out a few, 
um, that that that'll work if you have um, if you have some just that that smaller age. Our chickens ended up the three or four that we raised in with them ended up staying with them until they were called. They stayed they stayed right with them in the brooder tank in the, the, the secondary brooder we had down in our barn and then right out to pasture with them and just raised with them the um <laughs> just raised them with them all right this is a thanksgiving special right here jim jim just put in the comments that thanksgiving morning he just got to watch the buck and doe in his yard at his bird feeder get it on and he took video <laughs> what a great morning florida florida the land of nature right outside your window um, anyway, so raise those poults with, with chickens, get yourself a few chicks, uh, hatch a few, uh, find some, I think, man, they were probably a couple weeks behind the turkeys and then the sizes were about right. Uh, when you get the turkey poults, they're going to be larger than when you would get a normal chicken. I think, um, I think we got the chicks the one year a couple of weeks before and we hatched some just before the next time and they seem to be about right once they're accustomed to each other and the size difference doesn't matter then the the turkeys are going to grow way faster than the chickens but uh you uh you should really give those chickens a little extra time just for size because the turkeys like i said being dumb they like to huddle they get scared um it was suggested to us and we we listened uh, to make sure there's no square corners in your brooding situation. And this can go with chickens too. We never really had the problem with chickens. Um, the tubs we use, those water troughs have round corners. When we would move them down into our secondary brooder was just a build out um, down in our chicken coop, square, square little pen. And, um, needing to not have corners the birds get big enough that they will get scared they will pile into the corner and suffocate the ones that get trapped into the corner they run straight into that corner and then they just pile on behind and the one in the front can't breathe and they end up dying um, if you have rounded corners anything even as much as taking a cardboard box that's that's relatively stiff and rolling it around the corner so you don't have that that 90 degree angle <laughs> when they run into the corner, they kind of hit it and keep going like an ice rink that helps save the turkeys. Um, man, they, they just, they're very, very, very fragile for six weeks. Like literally could die just by breathing on it. It seemed like we never lost any, I read horror stories about horror stories about how fragile they were and I think we were very overcautious when we had them. And I, I don't think we ever lost a poult. Did we? I'm going to check with you just because you, you, you know this better than I do. I don't think we did. I don't think we ever lost a poult. Uh, did well with that. So what we did, we would keep them inside for a few weeks. Then we would move them to the to the outside brooder since it was the middle of summer. Um, make sure temp making sure temperatures were right, weren't going to be too hot. Uh, we didn't have air conditioning in the house, but we did have fans and things like that. Um, just make sure that temperature, they get a little more stable as they get older. Uh, first few weeks inside, they got really big, really fast and could fly 
quote unquote fly pretty fast. We found that we needed a cover on our brooder way faster than chickens. Um, the the brooder tanks we would usually have them open top with the chickens and the and the quail. Um, the turkeys got a little big, a little fast, and could jump and fl- uh, almost fly way earlier. And so the first ones we had, we came into the room and they were like sitting roosted on the edge of the the brooder tank and it was time for them to go back in and for us to get a cover on it way quicker than when than chickens for sure uh when they moved down to the pen in the barn we kept them there till six weeks at six weeks the things pretty much become indestructible like seriously tough um we went through some horrific stuff uh, during a culling that uh prove this that they are very 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 hard to kill uh and it's like six weeks is the magic button you get them to six weeks and i don't know what changes about them but they go from dying for no reason to not being able to be killed it's a good thing i guess i mean um yeah i i really do i think i think if you can baby them that long if you have a size of um, a, a flock size that you're trying to raise, that's small enough that you can give them individual attention, you can uh, pay attention to the whole thing, uh, attention to detail. They um, once you get them to six weeks, get them to six weeks, and you're good. I don't. I I never. I never in any of my research saw any problems with them after that that they do just get tough as nails. And that was our experience also that we never really had any issues. And it was from cold to hot to wet to dry. They, they just made it through. They made it through everything. Um, so once we did, once we got them to that six weeks, we chose to raise ours on pasture. Um, we raised them just like our chickens down to the, the same type of tractor that we put them in. Uh, we looked at, so when we looked at, at pasture raising our birds, we looked at Joel Stallaton's models for the chickens and the turkeys. Uh, we looked at a bunch of different, we settled on our chickens initially using the John Siskovich um, stress-free tr- chicken tractor. So, uh, <laughs> Hunter says, what do you say? What, what's the saying? If you're going to be dumb, you get, you'd better be strong. Pretty much, you get them strong, and then they can be as dumb as they want. But we settled for the chickens. We settled on the John Siskovich chicken tractor model. It was basically um, an A-frame type style uh, with a uh, tarp roof on it. We, If you go back and listen to chicken episodes, uh, we retrofitted it to have automatic water and uh, a different food trough and a little different setup just so that... um, it made getting in there easier for me since I was so tall and this was a shorter, um, a shorter type of tractor than the step in type that Joel Salatin had was way shorter, but didn't have a, a roof on it. We wouldn't have been able to raise the turkeys in the Salatin tractor because they would have been too tall pretty quick. Um, the, the Siskovich model gave us the height it also gave us the ability to put um a roost in the back they didn't have a ton of room but we didn't have a ton of birds in each one i think we ended up with eight was it eight in each one uh 
so we would re raise 30 ish. Um, our target was 30 to 35 Cornish cross in a chicken tractor. Uh, that was the sizing. I think we'd start with 40, hope to get to 30, uh, 30 to 35 with losses. Cause those things die even more than turkeys, uh, right until the day they're going to die. They'll just randomly kick off. Uh, so planning losses in there when we didn't have any losses and we had very successful, successful seasons with the chickens, it got pretty packed. Um, we knew that once the turkeys were six weeks, uh, that they were pretty strong. So we weren't expecting any losses. So we calculated small um, on the, the population, the pot, the stocking density of the birds in the tractor, because as they get bigger, as they get, uh, as they shit more, they take up more space. They eat more of the fresh grass you put them on. Uh, you're having to move them more and more and more. And I didn't want to run a CAFO on wheels. I, I just wanted them to be comfortable. So we went with eight. When you put them out there and there's just eight turkeys and a couple of little chickens, six weeks old chickens. And that was the other reason we started the, the chickens a little later was so that they were big enough and, and strong enough to go out to the field with turkeys at six weeks. So we took them out. Um, there was tons of room. We could leave the we could leave the tractor there for a day or more right when we took them out, couldn't we? Because there was just there was just not a lot of uh, a lot of it's a big space for eight, 10 birds, eight turkeys and and a few chickens. But as they quickly started growing, um, it got it got full. It really did. They uh, they really liked the they liked the new grass. They loved when we would move. They loved the bugs. Um, yeah, it was a great model to raise them in. They were um, pretty easily trainable out there when we would open the door. If we left the door open, if the door swung open, if one ran out, um, man, you could really coax them back in easily with hard-boiled eggs or, um, or some feed or just calling them. They were very inquisitive. They were pretty cool. They had really cool personalities. Um, they would like side-eye you a little bit. They'd come up next to you and kind of turn their head because their eyes were like offset. And then they'd look up at you. Uh, the toms and the hens didn't really um, distinguish themselves right away. But once they did and uh, you could visually see, you could definitely tell the characteristics differences between the, to the toms and the hens. And then once they um, once they learned to fan their feathers and gobble, uh, that got cool because you would bring the four wheeler out in the morning and when it would get towards fall, we were doing chores before, um, before light and we would bring the four wheeler out in the field and the light headlights from the four wheeler would shine on the shine on the, the turkey tractor and they'd all be like, well, the ones, the ones that were, uh, the ones that were Tom. So that was cool. Um, back to feed a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about feed in the beginning. We used a, um, did we get custom feed the first year too? Um, I... Or did we have them build that feed out during the first year? Either. The first year, I think we got it from, uh, from the feed store. So, um, we started our journey through feed with all our poultry kind of started with store-bought, whatever we could find when we were new, uh, and, and culminated except the quail they couldn't make a protein high enough for us at the custom place but um the 
the chickens and the turkeys, both layers and meat birds on the chicken side. We started with the store-bought food and we ended up at a, at a mill getting, getting custom um, transitional organic uh, grain-free like, or um, soy-free, corn-free feed that was really good for the birds. It looked gorgeous. Um, the first year we did turkeys, we, we just learned how to do the turkeys with the, the commercial feed. They turned out well. Um, the second year we got custom feed made. One of the problems with getting the custom feed made was that the protein, the protein content was pretty much standard. We didn't get a, a starter and a grower in the custom, did we? We could only get 26% protein. And for the first six weeks, they really need 28 or more. Um, and so we supplemented with hard-boiled eggs. Uh, we I talked about uh, that the other day, using the eggs to, to feed them um, whole cycle, waste streams. We had extra eggs. We were in the glut of eggs in July, like when we were getting all of the eggs and we had tons and tons of layers. So we would just set aside a few, um, a few, a couple dozen a week at least, because um, we were taking out three to six uh, feeding cycle, so a dozen a day uh, out to our turkeys, and we would just crush those up and put them in with their feed boil. They absolutely loved them, and I think it it, it helped them sustain. We kept doing that right through, didn't we? Until we didn't have the extra eggs. We were like, whatever, instead of throwing the eggs out or putting them in the compost or giving them away, we were going to feed them to our turkeys. It uh, it worked well. Uh, like I said, it was a good soylent green. No, they were different. They were different birds. We weren't feeding turkey eggs to them. We were feeding chicken eggs to them. <laughs> and the chickens eat their own eggs all the time anyway. <laughs> Where we were processing humans and feeding them back to themselves, but anyway, uh, the 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 eggs became a treat. It, they were they really liked them. Uh, at, at at any point, we really could have just throw the whole egg in, and they would just absolutely destroy it. But uh, we like to bust them up, and and they enjoyed eating them. Uh, like I said, when they got out of the chicken tractor, it was a great tool for to lead them back in. They were so excited to get it. They were really, I think, I don't know if we necessarily would need the eggs. They were, they were pretty friendly birds. I really liked, uh, I liked raising them for sure. Great personalities, big, heavy. Um, I think ours ended up being, we called the first ones earlier, didn't we? And kept them in the, in the low twenties, yeah, cold weight, and then followed the same pattern the next year. Uh, when you're selling them for a, a ton of money, it's hard to to call out a 30 pound bird and uh, expect somebody to pay for it. Uh, it adds up quick when uh, when they get that big. So it's not like you're you're selling a four pound chicken. You're selling a 20 pound turkey, and you got a lot of time into it. So the the pricing gets all all screwy. People, when you go to the store and look at what turkey costs in the store. Um, as someone that raised them, I, I, I question, I question how that's possible. I mean, I know how it's possible, but it really, um, it really shows you, shows you the, the, the quality difference. I, I have to say, uh, drag those turkeys around. Um, 
dragged him around the field for three or four months, what, July, August, September, October, four, four and a half months. Uh, and it was good. It was good. I enjoyed doing those chores. Um, one thing that um, I mentioned there, they were, they're big and heavy. Because of that, they destroyed the inside of our um, chicken tractors. I shouldn't say the whole inside, the waterers. So with the chickens, I put in um, automatic watering, automatic watering cups. Uh, you see the little red cups with the the nipple that the the chickens pack, and it fills the cup, and they drink the water. Uh, I put those on a PVC pipe, mounted it on the inside of the tractor, and ran a hose out through, and had a five gallon bucket hanging on the back, so I could just fill the water from outside. I didn't have to try to crawl in there to fill a water bowl. Uh, the turkeys, just because they're so big, uh, a, I think it was a, a bit to do with the force that they pecked at the cups and B, they would just rub against it with their big fat bodies. They broke them. They knocked them off. They broke the pipe. Uh, I repaired them several times. And at one point just decided we were going to fill bowls for them. Uh, we would fill the bowls and try to fill the bell waters at some point, and they would knock those over. They were just a pain in the ass as far as the waters went. Um, I would definitely have to, if we were going to do them long term and over and over, I think there would have to be a solution for the water. They are very rough on things. They just, just by their, their sheer size, I don't think it's uh, malignant by any means. I think it's just the size. <coughs> so... The second year we did turkeys. First year went great. Uh, processed them. They, they tasted great. Like I said, the second year we went to a more premium food that was custom custom mixed for us uh, at a feed mill. Uh, used that. End of the second year, we had a little bit of a, um, a turning point in our homestead. That was really one of the points that solidified that we wanted to get the hell out of Minnesota. Um, our turkeys got snowed in in the field in a uh, in the tractor uh we got a freak snowstorm it was in october it um it put a bunch of inches of snow around the tractor and at this point in the year the turkeys i was talking about earlier how much room they had when they were poults well this was at the end like when they didn't have a lot of room when they couldn't move around when we were moving them twice a day in the tractor to keep them from standing in their own poo from having fresh green and um and bugs to eat it was uh it was the end of the cycle and with them being snowed in we couldn't end up moving them for two or three days was it by the time the snow melted by the time the muck um the 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 water they happened to be down at the bottom of the hill in the back of the field because it was the end of the season and it was just a bad deal that was one of the linchpins one of the turning points in my view of staying in minnesota was that disaster realizing that i was raising birds that i was selling to people for over a hundred dollars a bird and i couldn't raise them close enough to thanksgiving to avoid having snow. I mean, that's that at that moment, I realized that the growing season wasn't long enough. The non snow season wasn't long enough. And I didn't want to deal with it long term 
when I couldn't raise a really, really, really good bird and keep it on grass until I could call it and, and, and get it to the customer fresh. My intentions were getting turkeys to folks yesterday or the day before, calling that weekend before Thanksgiving or that Monday or Tuesday before where they never had to freeze that bird. If I was going to spend the money on the feed, I was going to drag that thing around the field for four months, five months. It was, I didn't want it to be frozen. I wanted it to be fresh. That was the value I wanted to give. But the the climate where we were wasn't suitable for that. So I was like, is it really suitable for me if I can't have a fresh turkey? <laughs> no, it was the it was the the total realization that the growing season wasn't long enough happened when we got our turkeys snowed in after four or five months. It was just like, yeah, done. <laughs> Uh, but we still had time on the farm. We really enjoyed the birds. We wanted to do them again the following year. And so we set set out to do it. We had done it two years. One was for us. We sold some the next year. Uh, we had we had happy customers. We had happy reviews. We had family that had tried it and loved it. And so we were going to pre-sell and order the turkeys. I didn't want to do um the sell it at the end thing i didn't want to lay out the money for feed and all of that if i didn't have some guaranteed sales so we plotted it all out we did pre-sales we talked to people we had uh we had solid um a solid number of birds to order that we knew we could get rid of we also pre-bought our uh custom feed because the more we bought at a time, the cheaper it got. And it was expensive to buy since it was all custom made. Um, we used, uh, like I said, transitional organic feeds, uh, seeds and uh, grains. And <coughs> man, it was great. We had it all ordered. What was it? The first half of the season we picked up? I think it was the first half. So two, two plus months of uh, custom feed we went and picked up. And we were supposed to get the turkeys the following Wednesday. Pick up this feed on the weekend. Had it at the house. Monday came. The, the turkeys were supposed to ship from a, a hatchery that will remain nameless. And I got an email that said, due to a bad hatching season, we're canceling your turkey order. What? A bad hatching season? The whole season? You don't have and we weren't we weren't ordering hundreds of turkeys. I think it was like 20. We had like 20 turkeys on order. Not hard to fill. So I having paid I don't know 750 bucks or something for our feed. $750 worth of custom high-end, high protein feed that I really didn't want to feed to my chickens since it was way too much protein for them. Um, I couldn't return it because it was custom mix. And two days after we pick it up, the guy calls and says, well, we're just not going to give you turkeys. Well, Brian got a little upset. Brian called them. I had, um, I had several orders for, um, straight breed chickens uh, different, uh, we're, we we're going to sell some more hatching eggs before we took off. We we're going to do another season of hatching eggs. So I had, um, birds ordered, uh, pre-ordered and I went down a, a path with a manager, man, it was probably a good hour phone conversation. 
round and round we went about, I was questioning him if his uh, larger customers were getting their turkeys. That I had had these ordered since February. It was now July and you're canceling my order that I had gone and pre-sold these under the assumption that you're going to make it right and you're going to send me my turkeys. Um, yeah, no luck. No luck. About the best I could do was get my get my other orders all canceled without a cancellation fee. And realize that this was probably another sign that we should just move on from Minnesota. That 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 kind of solidified it. The turkeys were our, our turning point. Uh, the turkeys told us that we needed to go. Um <laughs> Brian called Brian called them and then uh, called them from my life. They weren't they didn't they didn't enjoy the conversation. The guy didn't enjoy the conversation, that was for sure. But um man, it was a really it was a kick in the balls. I had uh, a shitload of feed, pounds and pounds and pounds of custom feed. We reached out to other um other pasture and uh, high-end feed raising people, um, raising people, people that were raising their birds with high end feed on pasture. We reached out to a few people we knew and they already all had their, um, <laughs> they didn't have, they didn't have their, or they already had their feed secured, uh, just like everybody else did. And basically I'm pretty sure we ended up mixing it with our chicken food and, and giving it to our chickens. Yeah, it was sad. It was sad. The food, the feed was beautiful. It was super expensive, but it was beautiful. Hunter says, I didn't hear any news about a turkey farm burning down. No, that hatchery is still, uh, still alive and kicking up there in Ohio. If you, uh, if you, uh, if you look in Ohio for a, for a hatchery, um, yeah, it might be under the M's. I, I don't care. We got, uh, our last year of birds from that hatchery got so bad um we got misorders we were shorted uh cornish cross we were shorted some layers we ordered we got a cornish cross with three legs um yeah it was not good ending to our relationship with them and the sad part is we had used them for five years and had not one problem not one mistake not one short birds nothing uh, always happy with the customer service, always happy with the prices, kept going back. And one year they absolutely fell apart. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but you, you do your research. You do your, I'm just one guy that had a farm in Minnesota that was ordering 20 to 40 birds at a time. I was not their, their bread and butter customer anyway. So I know why they shit on me. Uh, but it really sucked and it cost me a shitload of money when they did. So <laughs> pips good morning pip this is pip says under new management gets mutations like seriously we got a a chicken with three legs i'm not joking i'm not being facetious i'm not trying to make a point we literally got a chicken with three legs and we we figured it was just par for the course because they couldn't count how many birds they put in the box well it's going to tell you they could count how many legs each one had I don't know. It wasn't like a nubbin leg. It was like a leg leg in its like belly. It was it was interesting for sure. I don't think we probably have pictures of it anymore, do we? I have 
I'm sure we do have pictures, but man, <laughs> it was it was interesting for sure. Uh, anyway, calling chicken or uh, calling turkeys is just uh, the same. It's is as easy as doing a Cornish cross. Um, no, they're huge. They're strong. Uh, I almost lost an eye during one of our calling adventures with turkeys. Like I said, we made a mistake with one, and it was a horrific experience for both Corey and I. Um, it took about 40, 40 minutes, half hour to 40 minutes for that thing to die after we chased it around the yard. Well, it wasn't dying the whole time, but it was, it was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. Um, but yeah, super tough. Really liked them. Would always, would do them again for sure. Would recommend people trying them, um, and experiencing that personality. It was, uh, it was it was a cool bird. It was a cool bird for sure, and I uh, wouldn't mind having them on the farm again. And I don't think I even mentioned what type we raised. Uh, broad broad breasted whites. Uh, they were they were cool. They were cool. They were just the generic. They weren't a heritage breed. They were just the production turkeys. Uh, but on pasture, they turned out freaking awesome. Uh, Evergreen Farm says it's amazing how strong the turkeys are, and good luck getting them into the cone. Yeah, we bought uh, we bought turkey cone. We it, we had one of the huge cones, and they barely fit in it, and um, they could get out of it. So that was the problem, uh, and that's how I almost lost an eye. Was wrestling one. Basically, I think what ended up working the best was arms around the wings, uh, with hands on the on the on the the legs and tried to slide it into the cone and keep it from flapping uh and it one of the one of the toms with the spurs his leg got out of my hand and like cut me across my cheek uh and yeah it was it was a close call evergreen says we use cut off traffic cone yeah that that would probably work i think this this the cone that we got was actually probably bigger than that uh it was enormous uh, I think uh, one of our smaller chickens could have probably like slid right down through it, through the opening in the bottom. It, uh, it was, it was a, it was a heavy duty cone that we mounted on a um, sawhorse. Yeah, it was, it was a chore. It was a chore. Be prepared. And if you have a processor local and they want five, $10 a bird to process them, take it, do it do it for sure uh, unless you want to experience it yourself but you're going to wrestle you're going to be sore and um, as far as anatomy and actually calling them pretty straightforward and the same what it's just a bigger chicken is what we kind of came to the conclusion um they're all kind of put together the same anyway that that was kind of our experience with turkeys i enjoyed it um obviously i i don't remember uh, the turkeys as much as i do the chickens and the quail uh, probably because we only did them twice out of all the batches of chickens and quail that we did. We did two batches of turkeys in five years. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to, um, if you want to back vacuum seal, not vacuum seal, uh, shrink bag your bird, uh, make sure you have a, a pot big enough to heat up the water. And make sure you have a burner um, sturdy enough to hold the pot full of water. 
Uh, we just recently saw another TikTok. We had the same experience. We got the big old pot on the, the turkey fryer burner and uh, filled up with water. It was heating. And as the metal got warm and the water started to shift a little bit and the weight, it just collapsed. Fell over. The legs weren't strong enough. Just saw a TikTok. It was TikTok um, of someone that was doing the same thing, trying to uh, boil their turkeys on the same size uh, little propane burner. And uh, it just clum. No, they were making soup. They were making a soup. They had all the vegetables in a stock pot, the same size as we had used for our, our turkeys. And they went to uh, heat it up and bloop, right over. Uh, we made two trips the first year to stores to find a pot, a stock pot big enough to get the turkey in the bag in the boiling water and not overflow it. And uh, we got it done. We got it done. It's a big pot. You be, you need you need the biggest pot you can find. You really do. If you're raising turkeys to any significant size and you want to put them in a shrink bag, you definitely need something the biggest you're going to find and a very st a sturdy burner. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Uh, tomorrow, 250,000 Satoshis up for grabs. If we can get 25 people in the in the uh, live chat to enter the enter the hashtag in the morning. It uh, looks like our boys are ready to, to have a little morning snack and then go for a walk. They're uh, circling me and like hovering. So it's time to wrap it up, guys. I appreciate you hanging out this Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy your time. I hope you enjoy your turkey and your pie. Um, come back tomorrow for a gift giving guide. We'll talk about all sorts of things that uh, that would be cool gift ideas for the people in your life. I'll break them down by uh, genre, I guess. Uh, interests of the people that you're buying the gifts for and we'll just kind of bullshit for the day and uh yeah hang out on black friday anyway guys i hope you enjoyed the episode and uh and and if you're considering turkeys give it a shot you can always reach out to me with questions and i will confer with Corey and make sure i get you the right answer other than that if you'd like to participate in the like to participate in the live comments you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m central on YouTube Facebook Twitch and Twitter if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with others you can find links to all my social media services I offer recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts 2.0 value for value podcast players like podverse or fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and we will uh, we'll catch up with you on Black Friday. Enjoy your turkey and uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Talk to you tomorrow. I can feel the sun.